Talk to the team at Ace. If your transmission's a joker, you need an Ace. AceTransmissionService.com It's time for another snake draft on the Elijah Har Show. Come on, slither it up. Vote for your favorite list on Twitter at 933KWTO or on the Elijah Har Show Facebook page. Welcome back to KWTO. Listen, what are some societal norms and etiquette that just seem to have been lost? I'm just being honest, a lot of this arrives and derives itself from the U.S. Senate changing their dress code. And so we're going to kick this off today. I'm just going to, I'm going to start off. It, it's, it deals with the question today. It deals with the, what's happening in the Senate. Formal dress wear. I'm just going to make that my number one pick. I know people complain. Nobody likes how it feels. But, and I think this has really been exacerbated by COVID. I think people don't wear suits and ties. Businesses that sell dress clothes, have said it's been tough since COVID. The Senate's getting rid of the idea, but I feel like our society has lost something because we negotiate deals in tennis shoes and 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 t-shirts instead of dress shirts and starch collars. What happened to our society? We've lost that that form. You know, Elijah, I actually I'm going to go back on my take from earlier and agree with you. Kind of, I don't think you're going far enough. I think we should have. Uh, some of those old corsets, maybe some powdered wigs we have to throw on people. I mean, if we're going to go for it, let's go for the good old days when people wore pistols that like, like flintlock pistols into Congress and we're shooting them off whenever somebody made a good point and you, we all had wooden teeth. Are, are, am I going too far here? Uh, you know, I, <laughs> I, I feel like the next, I would also ban people like Lauren Boebert from wearing their gun to, into the house. Uh, I think there, there's just some things that we do as a society. We made a decision on this is what, how business should and, and, and will be conducted. And we've gotten away from that. And it's, it's a larger societal deal. You know, we talked earlier about people wearing hats into church and, and things like that. And there are some churches in town where if you go, people will still wear suits. I love it. I think that's so cool. And I just, I think the formality of our culture has gotten lost. Oh, go back, go, go back, go back to the Lauren Boebert thing. You don't want her wearing a gun in the. No, I no, thought, that's a ridiculous prop. I thought shall not be infringed. Listen, I don't have a problem with that, but I think there are certain places where even back in the constitutional days, it was deemed inappropriate to wear it. Not illegal, but inappropriate. People just by nature, by respect of the institution said, I'm choosing not to wear that in. I'm not going to wear my, you know, I'm not going to have a bow across my chest. I'm not going to have a gun on my head. Like, uh, it's a, it's a respect deal. Yeah. The, the, those places are Senate buildings in San Francisco where you're just not allowed to have guns whatsoever. Again, I, I don't <laughs> believe in banning them, but I think out of respect for the traditions and the formality, you don't. It's just interesting that you want to control guns. I wonder if we could flip that sentence around at all. Uh, <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> Um, I am going to take something that I'm not super good at. That's why I got onto the radio. Face-to-face interaction. Oh, uh, yeah. I mean, I... Now, obviously, I'm young, so I'm the people that we are yelling at in all of this. But you take a bus or an airplane or you're walking around a mall. And 
literally, I know this has been said a million times, but literally there is no face-to-face interaction whatsoever anymore. It is just everybody locks onto their phone 24-7. We've all done the thing, literally all of us, where we're walking down a street or an aisle at the grocery store or whatever. You see somebody that you don't want to talk to. What do you do? You pull out your phone, you act like you didn't see them, and you keep on moving. So the question is, there are some of these areas like the elevator. I almost feel like it's polite to just look at your phone as opposed to like stare at a wall or stare at each other. Elevator's fair. Well, that's like a confined space. Yeah, it always creepy. feels awkward if you just stare at somebody or like if you try to just- strike up a house, has floor nine these days. Like it just feels a little awkward and forced. If you're wide-eyed mouth breathing at someone in the elevator, yes, that is that is considered <laughs> inappropriate. Don't do that. Um, so, yeah, face-to-face interaction. I think, obviously, social media has changed the way that yeah. we do everything. I mean, when it comes to just respect, respecting people in general, I'm, you – People talk these days online and whenever they do have to be face-to-face, sometimes they talk the same way, just wildly inappropriate things directed at other people, whether it's whatever nature you want to talk about, violent, sexual, whatever it is, people are way too graphic a lot of times, and it's it's gross because they're so used to just tapping it on their phones that they think it's normal. All right, number two. Number two, this one has a word that I don't really love. Uh, but I'm going to just kind of describe it anyway. Being friends before dating someone, I think it's gone now. I don't, I don't, I think it so rarely exists and I'd, I'd love to bring it back. I think that's a valuable thing. You know, people get on a dating app, Tinder, Bumble, Hinge, which not anymore. I don't have it anymore just to be clear, but I was a big fan of Hinge back in the day. (laughs) And I met my back in your youth back. Yeah. Back when I was young and wild and free, I would uh, now, however, met my girlfriend of today, like two or three years ago, we were friends for a long time and then it developed into a smooth relationship. So I kind of want to bring back courting. I kind of want to bring back the classic true love waits, true love waits. Yeah. You know, I, I would just that like, Oh my goodness, like we've known each other for two years and now we're holding hands. This is so crazy. Like that feeling, I think oftentimes builds a better foundation for a relationship. As long as you know each other beforehand, it's so important than just the first time you ever laid eyes on each other, you're at a bar getting drinks together on a date or you're going back to their place on the first, like that stuff happens all the time now. And I think it's a little bit sad. I agree. Um, okay. Uh, back to me. Uh, so I've got four children. Those children are allowed. But one thing I, 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 I kind of miss is the children should be seen and not heard. <laughs> <laughs> and admittedly, I know that coming from four children who like to talk and, and don't really understand that. And I, it's a, it's a value I have discussed with them. I'm trying to be like, Hey, there are certain situations and events where you like, I need you to be quiet. They've gotten really good when I do conference calls in my car or things like that. They're all really quiet. But it's one thing that I, I would love to see more of is the idea that they're, you know, you go to, and this is partially just like movies or whatever, and people just talk during the whole thing. And a lot of time it's kids that, that haven't been taught, Hey, we're in the movies. Why don't you whisper or be quiet? And I, it's something I'd love to see come back. The idea that more so because I remember as a child, I was, whenever I was around adults, I was quiet unless they asked me a question. 
And I know it's the culture has changed on that, but I'd love to see that come back. So when I when I was a uh, a youth pastor, this was really evident to me in a lot of ways because these are uh, teenagers. I think are almost worse because at least kids they're either they're they're asking questions or they're trying to make you laugh, make you smile, or figure something out about life. Teenagers just are very confident in all of their opinions at that age. Yes. Yes. And so I remember. I've thought about this for two days and I've read all of Facebook, so I'm the expert. Uh, yeah, exactly. Or Reddit or X, Twitter, yeah, yeah, whatever yeah. it is. And so I remember my, like, I had this conversation with my little brother and my little sister and a couple of people in the youth group who would try to, like, interrupt the sermons. And if, if you want to interrupt a sermon to ask me a question, raise your hand. Totally fine with that. This was a really young youth group who wasn't ministered to very properly beforehand. Um, and so I was, you know, I, I was fine getting interrupted to ask for a question, but there were times where someone would go, well, I think this, well, you're wrong. <laughs> so sorry. Like you're, you're 13. You don't know anything. Sorry. That's just, that's just kind of what it is. And I told, I've told that to my little brother and little sister in a much nicer way, but just being like, Hey, you, you're a kid. You don't get to make that decision or you're a kid. You don't get to. You don't get to be heard sometimes. Sorry, you're a child. There's nothing we can do about it. So I, I agree with that almost 100%. Uh, number three is going to be an understanding and appreciation for history. Good I one. think that back, you know, we always talk about, oh, 100 years ago, kids had to read a lot more, all this kind of stuff. And I think now when we look at history, very few people take the chance to understand like, oh, well, slavery is bad and hitler was bad yeah that's that's that takes 10 seconds to do but to understand how hitler came to power and how the world treated germany after world war one and how we allowed the the spread of nazism in europe without involving ourselves should inform our modern day opinions there are people that talk about abe lincoln being bad oh well we've read his you know, we, we know what he said about black people at the time. Well, you have to understand the context within which he was, you know, the guy, his, his Emancipation Proclamation freed the slaves. But there are people today that are like, well, Lincoln, he, he wasn't really, in today's society, he'd be considered racist. Yes, that is true. If you read the Lincoln-Douglas debates, he would be considered racist today. But he struck maybe the largest blow on behalf of the African-American community and the history of our country and understanding the cultural time and how how progressive the, the, the decisions he made was, I think would go a long ways towards our modern-day historians and individuals having an appreciation for what we went through and how we got to the part we are today. I mean, Similar with with Jefferson and the founding fathers and the three fifths. I think a lot of those are not well understood in the context of history, and I think it would lead for a new appreciation to the country, our creation, and things like that. If that happened, no, it's a great pick, especially in a day and age where conservatives are just randomly, blatantly, for no reason, called Nazis twenty four seven. A lot of conservatives, unfortunately, can't push back really against that because they don't. No, I mean, a lot of people don't know the core beliefs of that terrible regime. And so there's not a really great chance to push back against that. And if people actually knew what those terrible politicians and individuals believed, they probably wouldn't be calling other human beings that. So, no, I, I agree with that 100 percent. A greater appreciation for history, especially if you're trying to insult someone. 
Hundred uh, percent. Number three for me, because it is my turn, right? It is your turn. Okay, thank you. I am going to go with something that we saw last night. Comedy. Telling jokes. Not meaning what you say sometimes. It's a thing that used to not just be for politicians trying to get elected. It used to be for people who were just trying to make people laugh. Just trying to tell a joke. I, I There's been two or three times where I've told a joke to my family, my girlfriend, whoever, and they've been like, that Garrett. That's not nice. Like, yeah, no, the absurdity of it is what's funny. Obviously, I'm not advocating for blank. Obviously, I don't believe whatever this joke is, but it's a joke. I'm laughing right now. Let's just all laugh at the absurdity of it. Now, to be fair, saying horrible things don't doesn't make it funny because other people take this to a completely different extreme of, oh, I'm just going to say the worst word or the worst phrase or the worst belief system possible just to, you know, just to own the libs or whatever, whatever the the current saying is. That's also not on its face funny. You have to actually be funny. But true and honest comedy, people are worried about it these days. I mean, Elijah, we went to a comedy show last night. John Christ, one of my favorites. Him and his openers referenced the fear of getting canceled maybe, what, like two times, two, three times yeah. per guest, per, per guest. comedian? Yes, 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 yes. Yeah, there was, I mean... They were saying something that wasn't even that controversial or right. that funny, but they were just like, ah, I'm going to get canceled for that. Ha, I mean, ha, they, ha. they literally have a thing at the beginning, don't record this. And I think there was still a little bit of like, eh, if this leaks out, people are going to, we, we, we may not, we may not continue on the tour. Yeah. I mean, it, it's a constant fear for not just comedians, but really anybody who wants to be in public service whatsoever. I mean, the jokes that you tell now can impact you 20, 30 years from now with this great, beautiful, magnificent, uh, magnificent invention of social media, and it can come back to bite you, and I don't, I don't think that's fair. All right, what's your number four? My number four is going to be controversial, so. I'm really? I, yeah, oh, mine's is. sweet and homey. Oh, mine's not. <laughs> I'm taking family dinner. Ah, oh, love it. Nobody sits down and has a family dinner anymore. I grew up, uh, I grew up split families, obviously, mom, stepdad, dad, stepmom. And don't get me wrong, love both sides of the family very, very well. Um, and I, I don't have like problems. I don't need therapy, anything like that. I, I, I love each and every parent or step parent that I have. They're great people. One family sat down and had a meal together almost every night and the other didn't. And the effects are felt on that. And now both families do more often than not get together. But, you know, some families can't because of working shifts or budget or whatever it is. But so many families these days, even if it's sitting in front of the TV together at this point, even if it's just like, you know, you don't have to be sitting at a table old school style like it's Thanksgiving or Christmas and just sharing opinions or what happened on your day. Even being present around the television at this point is better than what's going on right that is now. That's a very, very low bar. <laughs> it, no, it's the lowest bar possible. I'm thinking like 90s. You, Elijah, do you remember back? Well, you didn't have TV, so never mind. Let me talk to the listeners for right. a second. You remember in the early 2000s or in the 90s when you had your show and you knew that every Monday, instead of sitting at the dinner table, you were going to bring the dinner into the living room, sit on the couch, and watch... The Voice, watch American Idol, watch uh, Law and Order, watch Full House, whatever it was. You as an entire family were going to sit down, cook a meal, 
and all eat it together, just watching TV and laughing at the jokes. I'm sure there'll be side conversations. That's what commercials are for. But you you sit down, you argue about who has the best voice or who's the best dancer on what whatever that dance show was. I can't remember now. Um, even though the great Matt Walsh is going to be on it, but I still can't remember. Dancing with the Stars or America's Got Talent, whatever it was, those shows were huge for a while. Reality TV, same thing, but uh, maybe a different audience. And you would just sit down and comment on what the people on TV were doing. And I think it's responsible for bringing a lot of families together. So I'm taking family dinner as a norm that just doesn't happen anymore. And I'd like to bring it back. Uh, now you've hyped up your final pick. and I'm excited to hear it. People don't get punched in the face enough. Yes. Just going to be honest. And I know this is like the opposite of bringing back etiquette and formality and things like that. But we have a culture and a society where you can say anything to anybody online and then just log off and act like life is fine. And they used to say that sticks and stones will break your bones, but words will never hurt. Words do hurt. They lead to suicide. They lead to a lot of terrible, terrible outcomes. And people have gotten too used to saying what they think without any sort of repercussions. 25, 35, 50, 100 years ago, if you said a horrible thing to somebody else, they or their family or somebody would want to fight you and you would get punched in the nose and you might punch them in the nose, but you knew that your words had an immediate physical reaction from the person that you insulted. We don't have that anymore. We don't allow people just to fight. We don't allow, certainly not kids. There's no nobody getting punching each other on the playground. I think that's good from a bullying perspective, but I think it's bad from a, you can essentially say whatever you want without repercussions. And I think our society would do better if a few more people had bloody noses and black eyes because it would be a good reminder that there is a physical manifestation to the verbal pain that you are handing out. So um, I'm going to put on the graphic, I don't know, punch, uh, punching people who deserve it or something like that. We'll, we'll figure out the exact thing. But I love, love, love this pick. As a person who can't fight at all, um, I probably should have been shut up a couple of times in high school and middle school. The fact that I didn't get into an actual fist fight ever blows my mind. I was the biggest Instigator. <laughs> yes. No, it wasn't like I was a bully. I was obviously way too small to be a bully. I would just like like with my comedy thing, if something was funny to me, I would just say it out loud. Um, and that sometimes came at the expense of people who could probably beat me up if I I think honestly I was too small to beat up. You know what I mean? Like if if you say I'm going to fight that lion, that's impressive. If you say I'm going to fight that little kitten, that's not as cool. <laughs> I was a kitten. Uh, do you have a, a quote of the day already? I do. Because, I do. okay, does it have to do with social media? and It's getting, a Mike Tyson quote. Yes, I have yes. the same quote pulled up right here. Oh. I was going to read it. Well, if you let's, didn't, let's play the outro music and you get to do the quote of the day today. I get to do the quote of the day? Fire away. I'm not going to say it in Mike Tyson's voice because that's offensive and he'd punch me in the face. Quote of the day on the Elijah Har show. Social media. Made y'all way too comfortable disrespecting people and not getting punched in the face for it. Elijah, will we see them tomorrow on the Elijah Har Show? Uh, big day tomorrow. We're, we're going to talk with uh, Bruce Theologian Returns. Yes. Plus, we're going to talk about Delta Extractions. You don't want to miss it. We'll see you tomorrow on the Elijah Har Show. This land was made for you and me. As I was walking that river of high.
sky away I saw below